Genesis chapter 45, verse 7. And God sent me before you to preserve you a prosperity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Joseph, we're going to talk about him in a minute. Presenting this to his brethren and his father and kinfolk said, hey, God sent me to preserve you a prosperity. That means for future generations. It's, it's not just saving you now. And it's not just delivering you now. It's to not deliver you and to keep you delivered because there are people behind you that need to be delivered. In Genesis, I'm sorry, uh, Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 7 and 8, and you can be seated. And when you're seated, since you've been standing so long, you're going to clap your hands like you've never clapped before. I'm finally seated. Not only when you sit down, man. Exodus 3, verse number 7 and 8. There were, uh, I'm sorry, uh, put that on the screen because I don't have it here. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. When you are in bondage, when you need to be delivered, it is affliction. And he said, which are in Egypt and have heard thy cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Next verse. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land. God wants to bring us up and out into a good land and a large, into a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of all the ites. I want you to clap your hands as you're seated. Amen. I want to preach to you and teach to you a diagnosis of deliverance. The word diagnosis is the identification of the nature of an illness or a problem by examination of the symptoms. I'm going to say that again. It's a identification. When you speak of diagnosis, you're talking about identifying a nature of an illness or a, a, a problem by examination of symptoms. This word diagnosis also means the distinctive characterization in precise terms of a genus, species, or phenomenon. And so when I'm talking about diagnosis, I'm speaking of a distinctive characterization um, in precise terms of a certain phenomenon. Now, I am going to diagnose deliverance. If you are and I are going to be delivered and we need deliverance in our life, it's not the will of God for us to stay in the same place. And hey, the Bible tells us that we've been born in this and born in that. And that's why we need to be born again. It's not okay to accept your state and your circumstance. And when you see something that is in contrast to the word of God, the spirit of God, and the the mindset and the thinking of God, we need to be 
be set free from our own mindset. We've been bound by and conditioned from what the world says we should be. And we can't be what God says we can be. Therefore, we need deliverance. We're too busy allowing the world to define us and to shape us and to mold us and to dictate to us. And and we feel so uncomfortable not going along with the stream and the, the thinking and the mindset of the world. We are bound. We're bound by what people think. We are too busy worrying about what people think of us. And and so we do things so somebody won't think of us in a particular manner. You know what? It really sometimes doesn't matter what someone thinks. What really matters is what he thinks of me. But we might as well face the music. We might as well drink the Kool-Aid and smell the coffee. We still allow people to affect what we do and how we do things. Amen. We let society. The word diagnosis is a distinctive characterization in precise terms. And so of a a particular species or phenomena, we need to understand deliverance, not just by way, you know, too many times a person preached, you need to be delivered. And we come to the altar and we pray for deliverance in the name and, you know, and that person, they get excited. They get wrapped up in euphoria and then they walk out the door and they're not delivered. Amen. Because we don't properly diagnose deliverance. The term deliverance, I'm sorry, the the term diagnosis or some of the synonyms for that is identification, recognition, discovery, and detection. It's pinpointing. Amen. Determination. And so we need to identify what deliverance really is. We need to recognize what deliverance is if we are going to be uh, delivered. There are so many people that are are addicted to so many things. There are people that are addicted to pornography. Amen. Sometimes, and I always say I'm a creature of habit. My wife doesn't like me to say that, but that's just true. If I go a certain direction all the time, if I'm talking and I'm distracted, I'm going to go that way because that's what I'm prone to do. Sometimes you do things without thinking. Addiction is like that. You can do it without thinking. Well, you know what? It's time for us to be delivered. It's time for us to think. It's time for us to properly diagnose things. Why? So I can live in the dimension God has called me to live in. God has called me to walk out of a place of darkness. He's called me to walk out of a place of bondage. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to be intimidated. I don't have to walk around with shame and, and guilt and sorrow and frustration. I don't have to allow anger to get the best of me. Amen. I can be delivered. The problem is too many of us don't feel like we can be delivered because we've been in bondage for so long. Can I tell you the children of Israel were in bondage for over 400 years and they begin to cry by reason of their bondage. You can be delivered. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them you can be delivered. 
doesn't matter what your deliverance may be. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to point my finger at you. Hey, as much as I point my finger forward, there's a thumb that's going back. And I need to identify there are some things in my life I need to be delivered from. Somebody look at themselves and say, no, I need to be delivered. (laughs) Amen. And so the children of Israel were about to be delivered. God was going to bring them some great, a, a great deliverance. First, he sent Joseph to deliver them from the famine that had uh, destroy uh, that particular region. It wasn't just in Egypt, but the whole area of Palestine and the whole Middle Eastern area, everybody, every nation, all peoples and tribes and, and, and had to come to the Egyptians, to the Pharaoh to get food. And so it was other nations. It was other uh, uh, tribes and and, and uh, different peoples and, and things of that nature. And, and so it wasn't just limited to Egypt. As a matter of fact, Pharaoh grew very strong and powerful because he had set up through Joseph a way that deliverance can be wrought not only for the people of, of, of Israel but for all of mankind in that region and so Joseph was going to bring great deliverance and, and once they got to Egypt God uh, 400 years later God had to deliver his people from the bondage of Egypt and so now they were in a different type of bondage and, 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 and some of us need to be delivered from the former bondage which was poverty dearth there was a famine oh hallelujah and sometimes we think that's the, 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 the will and the plan of God. I'm telling you what. I'm not saying God is going to make everybody rich. But it's the will of God for God to fill you and to give you everything you need. To supply all you need according to his riches and his glory. Some of us are addicted to greed. We never get enough. And so we always want more. You're never satisfied. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody let me let me preach to you now before I teach. Let me preach to you now. So I feel so many walls up. I'm telling you what, I feel thick walls up right. I'm telling you, I've been feeling it all along. This thing is hard for me to even get some words out. You got your walls up so thick and so high. You're never satisfied. And you wonder why? Because you need to be delivered from that. I'm not on you. You hear me? I'm just preaching right now. So don't think I'm this, this intense. does not mean I'm mad. You know? All right. So it's all good. Look at your neighbor and say the pastor's not mad. So why are you mad? You mad at? Huh? Like Paul, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? So the children of Israel were about to be delivered. We call that the Exodus. How many have heard of the Exodus? 
We all know about the Exodus. Well, well, you know, the Exodus, it, it, you know, we, you know, we really like it the easy way. We want, we want God to make, to wave his magic hand. I got some news for you. He doesn't have a magic hand. And, well, if he doesn't have, he got a magic wand, doesn't he? We want God to wave his magic wand. And that's what we do when we come to church services. Now, I, I, I believe in the miraculous God. But why didn't God just snap his finger? The children of Israel was transported instantaneously from Egypt to the land of promise. Hello? But see, that's what we want in our New Testament walk with God. That's, see, that's what we call deliverance. Oh, yeah, that person got delivered. We want it to happen just like that. And God's saying, hey, uh, deliverance is valid. The same deliverance that God delivered his people in the Old Testament, it's valid in the New Testament. But see, we want that magic hat, magic wand, rabbit out of the hat type of deliverance. Well, I come down to the altar and say, you know, I want the man of God to come pray and, 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 and put his hand on me and, 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 and spit on me. And the next thing you know, I'm delivered. I felt that anointing. No, it was just a lava. I know some of you are saying that's gross. People get all sophisticated when they come to church. Kill me. But there are, and people don't want to hear it, the deliverance this great deliverance, not just the deliverance that Joseph brought forth to the people, but also the deliverance that Moses brought forth to the people. It wasn't an instantaneous thing. Oh, hear me now. See, y'all see, y'all get quiet on that because that's what y'all want. Uh, deliverance has just as much to do with you and I as it has to do with God. I'm talking about a diagnosis of deliverance. You know how certain things you get so sick and tired of it. I'm talking about in your life and you just say, I'm so sick and tired of this thing. And I, I, I want to be rid of this thing. I want to be over this thing. And, and I, I'm uh, you. Hello. Do I have any witnesses in the house? Come on now. Am I preaching to the wall or am I talking to someone? Now, you know how I, I hate it in certain light that you go somewhere and they talk about, you know, certain things like deliverance and empowerment and all that. It's a seven step program and a 10 step program. And it's always a program. I'm not talking about a program, but I'm telling you, there are steps to take to be delivered. Right. Now, don't get quiet on me now. Somebody preach with me now. I said, there are steps to take to be delivered. Problem is, we don't want to take the steps. We just want to claim deliverance. And you know what? And because the steps seem so, so far and so long, we say, no, I can't do it. I can't be delivered at all. There's no I can't in God. With him, all things are possible. Oh, hallelujah. 
I said, if God was able to deliver anybody from anything, God can deliver anyone from everything. If there's one person that was delivered from God from something, there's anybody that can be delivered from anything. It doesn't matter what it is. If he delivered the children of Israel from the Egyptian army, do you understand he built up the Egyptians through the Israelites? It was through Joseph and his wisdom and his understanding. He made Pharaoh who he was. He made those people who they were. And they became a great nation because of Joseph. And then they got built up to put the people of God in bondage. And and God said, I'm going to elevate you and I'm going to build you up just to break you down. It doesn't matter how big something, something may get in your life. God is able to break that thing back down again. I said, God can deliver you. You can be set free. It's a lie from the enemy because he's trying to keep you. The enemy's going to say, I'm not going to let you go. You can't get away from me. It's an impossibility. I have you for life. I'm telling you, there's no bonus that has you for life. Do you believe your bondage more than you believe in God? It's your bond is more powerful than God. Oh, hallelujah. There were 10 steps. I'm not talking about a 10, 10 step program. I'm talking about a biblical account. I noticed 10 steps in Israel's deliverance. And when I noticed those, I'm, I'm telling you, I've never... I've never heard anyone preach it, never seen, have seen it, have never seen it before. God just began to speak to me, and I began to write it. And I began to write these things, and I didn't know it was 10, and I said, wow, God, this, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking, is there something else that I can identify in that deliverance? And there wasn't any. And I said, well, Lord, that must be a significance in this, uh, a number of items of people being delivered and the children of Israel being delivered. And and so it was 10 items. So again, I want to show you that this is the word of God and it's not a program. And so when I talk about these 10 steps, you'll be able to identify. I'm not talking about a 10 step program. I'm talking about the mind and the purpose of God. And so I, 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 I wanted to find out Okay, the number. Now, I, I get into things like prophecy and, and numbers and things of that nature because the number system and the number line came from God. Did you know that? Came from God. And so the, the Bible is written so masterfully. I mean, there's no way in the world a human being, even though they were the ones who had to write it, There's no way in the world a human being is responsible for this. No way. It it, it is impossible. Some of the things that are written over the the course of 3,600 years, it's no way possible 
for this to be orchestrated by man. And the way numbers work and how God uses numbers and everything else and, and how he did things. Uh, and it's like it, it's not a coincidence. And so in and, and this in and, and developing this set of notes, I I looked at the, 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 the meaning of 10 and the, the, the number of 10 and why it's so significant and why God uses uh, uh, the these 10 steps. Hear me now. For deliverance. So the meaning of the number 10 in the Bible, and this is to kind of help us out. 10 is viewed as a complete and perfect number in the scripture. You didn't know that. As is the number three. When you read the number three, uh, uh, you, that it has significance a lot of times. And certain things are done in threes. And obviously we know the number seven, the number perfection. But also the number 12 is the number of completion and, and perfection in the Bible. How you chose 12 uh, apostles and 12 nations, uh, 12 tribes of Israel and, and other things. I'm not going to get too far into that. And um, so the number 10 is made up of the number four and the number six. That is significant because the number four is the number of physical creation. It's when God created physical and material things uh, like the material universe and the stars and, and, and things of that nature. It's when he appointed a seasons and times. And, and so you have the number four, meaning the physical creation, uh, accompanied with the number six, which means the number of man. The Bible says six. It's the number of man. So 10 signifies the testimony, law, rule, responsibility, and the completeness of order for man. In Genesis 1, we find God uh, using this phrase 10 times, God said. 10 times it was God said. God said, let there be light. And God said, and, and it was so. And it was a testimony of the creative power of God. And it was in a set of 10 and he was trying to let man know it was 10 steps to God creating and 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 God uh did it that particular way because that word uh the number 10 is significant in the plan of God. Jacob meaning Israel, he had 10 sons before the chosen son would be born from his beloved wife and his chosen wife, his wife, Rachel. And so he had 10 sons first uh, before Joseph, who was the type of deliverer, would come on the scene. Joseph's name was changed to uh, an Egyptian name, Zeph. Nathpanea, which means the deliverer or the savior. And so it took 10 sons before the deliverer would come. I'll go on a little further. There were 10 plagues upon Egypt before God was able to complete his judgment upon them that gave the catalyst for setting the Israelites free. God gave 10 commandments to man, as we know about the Ten Commandments, and it, therefore it represents man's responsibility to God and to keep God's word. The first four are commandments to God. The second six are commandments to man, and that's how God did it, just the four and the six. And, and then God said, your responsibility to me is you give me a tenth of everything you have. That's ten percent. It's a testimony of your faith 
towards God. See, God uses things in the numbers of ten. It took ten generations of man living on earth before the floodwaters came during Noah's day. So man was disobedient for ten generations. And, and God said, okay, that is enough. It's coming to a completion and a fullness. The Passover land was selected on the 10th day of the first month. It was represented deliverance from bondage. It was the lamb that would be slain, representing the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, that take away the sins of the world. It was deliverance. The Holy Ghost came after Jesus ascended. Ten days after he went up, the Holy Ghost came, signifying God filling man. Ten days after Jesus went up. Ten times in the New Testament, in the book of John, Jesus said, I am. I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Ten times he identified himself with the I am of the Old Testament. He was letting everybody know, I am the Savior. I am the Deliverer. I am. Ten times. And so you go on, there are a lot of other things that you can identify with ten. And and the enemy tried to imitate, and so he has ten horns on head and and, and to try to rule the last day kingdom. And and the last day kingdom has ten toes represented by the statue in the book of Daniel. There are so many things, and so God uses this number to let us know of the completion and the fullness. And I'm telling you what, there are ten steps that Israel went through to get out of that bondage. And there are ten steps you and I must take if we're going to be delivered. And we can try to act like, you know what, I'm going to. Now, hear me. I believe in deliverance. And I just told you I was delivered. Now, so you say, well, well, you were delivered that moment you were prayed for. Now, I'm going to tell you what. The moment I got prayed for, that was just one step. Y'all still want to be delivered. Y'all still with me? Like I said, I'm going to preach, maybe teach, and maybe that's, you know, quiet because you're listening. I don't know. uh, uh, Are we done? Should I just go home? So the first step I saw in God's people being delivered, and the thing that God brought to my attention was acknowledgement and desire. When you look, the Bible says that God told Moses, uh, he called Moses in the burning bush. If you can put that on the screen, please. And again, in uh, verse uh, chapter number three and verse number seven, I would really greatly appreciate it. And the Lord said, I have surely seen thy affliction or the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry. Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. He said, now I heard that cry and I come down to deliver them. Next verse. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me. And I have also seen the oppression 
And so the first thing that had to happen is that they had to acknowledge that they were in bondage. Their cry was an acknowledgement and a desire to be delivered. I'm going to tell you like this. If you don't acknowledge you're going to be delivered, you won't be delivered. And if you don't cry out to him, you won't be delivered. See, to cry out is a desire to be delivered. And you just, oh, hallelujah. If you want to stay the way you are, if you want to stay addicted, or you want to stay bound, I don't care what it is. It could be anger. It could be, I'm just going to stay angry. Some people just like being angry. Some people just like being negative. And if you know you're negative, you need to be delivered. I don't serve a negative God. You walk around negative all the time. You walk around sad all the time. I don't serve a sad God. I serve a good God. You don't have peace. You need to be delivered. God promised to give us peace. You say, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through, but I know who my God is. He said, in me, there's peace. Oh, that's just a fairy tale. Oh, hallelujah. What you need to do is you need to stop watching and looking at fairy tales. You need to get off the internet. We get so much information from the internet. I'm telling you what, I woke up this morning, right? I, I don't know why God does it. For I, I will sleep well for two months. Get up at a humane time. Right? And then all of a sudden, God would throw a monkey wrench in my program. And then I'm up 4 o'clock in the morning. I don't like that stuff. <laughs> but I find myself, okay, as soon as I get up that early, one of the times, first thing I do sometimes, y'all might think first thing you do is you start praying. First thing I do is I hit this button right here. Turn my phone on. And sometimes I just find myself, don't, don't, don't touch it. This daughter's in the back of my mind. Go ahead, turn it on, turn it on. Like, no, I'm not turning it on. I'm going to pray first. Now, I may not do anything with it, but I just want to have it on. You understand what I'm saying? Now, some of you don't have it like that. You probably say that's simple. But for me, that's not simple. But I need to acknowledge, we need to acknowledge, it's okay, you all right? I know it's hot in here. I'm hot. But the first step in being delivered is that you must acknowledge it and you must desire it. And so there has to be a cry uh, by reason of your bondage. I remember just before I got saved, there was a period of me crying out to God. Now, I, I was saved about a year later, but I spent time. I mean, I'm talking about crying. I mean, I was a big baby. You know, it was that, it was a little cartoon they called him Big Baby. Or it was, uh, no, it was a, fo- it's a football player called him Big Baby on the, on the Ravens. Big guy, Big uh, Williams. He walk on his hands and all that. They call him Big Baby. I was, I was a big baby. I'm telling you what, I was, I was, I, some of y'all know what I'm talking about because y'all still big babies. 
I wasn't saying you. I was just tapping. <laughs> you know, people get all type of subliminal messages. You talking about me? No, I just happened to tap you. Get that straight. They cried by reason of the bondage. And I remember when I was in a state of bondage. And, there, and after I came to God, there were some things I still needed to be delivered from. Because I had a certain mindset and a mentality. You know what I mean? And that's why the Bible says that uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations and thoughts and all that. It's not talking about warfare out there. It's talking about warfare in here. Because God can't be our Lord when we're still controlling things up here. And we keep certain things locked up where God can't get access to. You ain't coming up in there. And, and so, uh, I, I, was, I mean, I'm telling you what, I was crying out, God, uh, you, you, I'll live for you. I'll do anything for you. Now, I ain't want to have anything to do with church. Can I just be real? I didn't want to have anything to do with church. I had enough of church all my life. Amen. I was, I, I had a, that drug problem, right? I was drugged to the Catholic church and I was drugged to the Baptist church and hello. <laughs> and so I, I needed deliverance. And, and so I, I didn't want to be in a church, but I wanted God. And I, I, I remember crying out to him, crying out to him by reasoning my bondage. I mean, God, if you can deliver me from this, I was a miserable person. I was depressed. I was sad. I, I didn't have any hope, any joy. And, you know, I, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed every morning. Praise God. Now, some of you can identify. And I had to acknowledge that. The second thing they had to do is it had to be a proclamation and a pronouncement. Once you decide, you know what? Hey, there's something better for me. Once you decide, you know what? I don't care how long this thing has me bound. I'm going to cry out to him. I'm going to call out to him. I'm going to say enough is enough. I can't take it anymore. God, whatever you have to do, whatever it takes, oh God, I acknowledge I can't do it on my own. There's somebody higher. There's somebody bigger. There's someone greater. And I acknowledge I can't do it. I need you. If you can deliver yourself, you would have delivered yourself a long time ago. Won't you realize it's not you? You're not the great. And so after you acknowledge and you cry out to him. The second thing you must do is there must be a proclamation. And so the next step in the children of Israel, they begin to cry out. And as they begin to cry out, God was preparing a, a person of deliverance on the backside of a desert. Now get this, Moses was all the way in the, in the desert and, and Midian and when, when the children of Israel were crying out. God, oh, hallelujah. 
I'm telling you what, some of you may be in a place of crying out, hopefully, and, and some of you, you know what, you got so so fed up and you're like, and deliverance isn't come. You can say, well, I've been crying out. I don't know how long they was crying out, but they were crying out for a while. I, you know, I'm going to tell you like this. I cried out for a long time. I was saying, God, please, if you would do anything, I, if you would just change my life and get me out of this mess, I'm so tired of this. I'm so sick of this. I will serve you. I'll do anything except for I'm, I'm not going to be no preacher. I'm going to let you know that now, God. That's what I told him. I said, I'll do anything, but God, I'm not going, I'm not going to be some preacher. I'll even, and I, I'm serious. I said, now I'll even go to church, even though I didn't want church. I said, I'll even go to church, but I'm not going to be a preacher. I'll do anything else. I'm just going to let you know I'll do all that. Things got worse. Because I really didn't want de- deliverance. When you want deliverance, you don't put any. No limitations. Oh. No alternatives. When you want deliverance, it's not God, I'll do, but God, if maybe, but don't take this away. God, I, I, you know, I know you like your bondage a whole lot, but you need to be delivered. No, I couldn't put any on it. And so it got worse. I got to the place that I began to cry out and it was like, God, I'll do anything. It doesn't matter. You want me to preach? I'll preach too. God said, okay, but he was working something out on the backside of a desert while I was crying out. There was my mother going all the way down to Annapolis to get what she needed from God. And and she was all the way down in Annapolis and and, and, in some strange church that I didn't know anything about. Some strange fire I didn't know anything about. I know about that fire that was making in the Catholic church. I didn't know about that one. So she invited us to this strange church. I'm still in it. Not only am I still in it, but those addictions I had and set free from her. That bondage I had, I'm set free from her. Hey, I even, those stipulations I put on God, I don't have it anymore. And now I'm preaching the gospel. You hear me? And I can't even get to the second. The second one was they had to, it had to be a proclamation and a pronouncement on the thing that had them in bondage. So after God called Moses and said, I want you to go to Pharaoh. I want you to go to, chief, to the chief thing that has you bound. And I want you to proclaim there must be a proclamation to the thing you're bound by and say, I command you, let my people go. You have to tell the Lord says, let me go. Whatever you're bound by, you need to tell that thing. Let me go. God says, let me go. If it's alcohol, God, God says, let me go. If it's drugs, come on. If it's pornography, let me go. God says, I am his. Let me go. God commands for his people to be set free. If it's anger, you need to talk to your anger. If it's guilt and shame, you need to talk to it. It says, God says, let his people go. Let me go. The second step. If you need to write it, you need to write it. I'm telling you, this will work. If it works for them, it works. 
So let me tell you what happened. I found myself in my uh, my apartment, had a studio apartment, and came to church, found God. God was working. He was delivering me. But after, after I came to the church and I felt God for the very first time, the power of God, I had my stash at home. I got to the place, I looked at my stash, and I was thinking of what God was doing. And you know what I did with my stash? I pulled it down the toilet. I was telling my stash, uh, I'm pronouncing you, uh, let me go. Oh, hallelujah. See, some of you don't really want to be delivered. You got nicotine addiction. Addiction. Every time you get a pack of cigarettes, smash that thing up. You bosh, smash that stuff up, break it up, and all that. Yeah, you may go buy another pack. What you do is you take that other pack. You may pull one out. Force yourself. You see, that's the next step. Step number three is you got to attack your addiction. There must be resistance to your addiction. So God said, hey, this thing had my people bound. My people cried out to me. Now they're going to proclaim, let my people go. The next thing, God sent ten plagues to plague that which had them bound. And so God attacked the bondage. There was a resistance to the bondage. It didn't come on the first time. No, and I had to dump some stuff out more than one time. I had to pour some stuff out more than one time. I remember taking my last drink. I remember taking my last tote. Taking my last line. Oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> hallelujah! Hallelujah! I said, Hallelujah! It doesn't matter what you're addicted by. Oh, I remember my last cigarette. I remember the last time I was caught up in fornication. Hallelujah! I remember the last time I wanted to blow something up because of the anger. Yeah. I said, how bad do you want it? You got to start attacking your addiction. Oh, here you go, alcohol, in the name of Jesus. You say it's going to cost me a lot of money. I'm talking about... 10 steps. You want to be delivered? You going on sites you shouldn't be going on? Fight that thing. 
Oh, I'm talking to somebody. Come on now. You know things you're doing and things that's not really pleasing to God. You can fight it. I got to go on. Step three is an attack. Step four is they had to flee. After the last plague, they had to pack up and they had to make an exodus. Whatever that thing is, you have to decide, I got to leave it. It's not going to be good enough for you to keep pouring out or keep uh, fighting and, and resisting. At a certain point, it's not a matter of resisting. It's a matter of fleeing. See, when I'm resisting, come on, I'm pushing back. When I'm resisting, I'm pushing back. Now, don't go to do no football moves on me now. Come on. <laughs> I knew he had to do something, man. Hey, guys, he got that blood. Guys. <laughs> and so at a certain point, you get tired of fighting. See, some of you are tired of fighting. So some of you give up because you're tired of fighting. Well, stop fighting and just flee from it. Get away from it. Get away from it. There must be an exodus. You must exit. Yeah. Oh, how? See, oh. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Some of you, the reason why you stay in certain things, because you never leave certain environments. Some of you have some friends you need to just say, you know what? You get caught right back up again. Now, that's just some people, you know what? I mean, they were my boys, you know? They were my homies. What's the new thing now? You don't know? Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a wife, right? That's a, you know, what is it now? Come on, somebody. This is not homie, your boy. Is it something else now? Huh? Your mans? Your mans? What? Hopefully that's a woman saying that. We'll talk about that later. My bros. But sometimes it's your bros that keep you in bondage. Sometimes it's your little sisters that you get with, your little girls, that, and all y'all do is talk about men, you know. And you stay in that same mindset. And some, some, some single women, they want a good man, but you keep talking about men, you're not going to find a good man. How you going to find a good man in a bad place? Get out of those places. I'm going to find me a good man. Oh, yeah, when you bumping and grinding. Yeah, okay. You looking for a good man with the lights turned down low. On the bar still in happy hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flee. Flee. Make an exodus. If you want deliverance, you got to somehow, hey, I'm getting away from this. That's four. Can I get to number five? I, I got to finish this. 
The next thing he sh- in here, when you look at it, after they made an exodus, they had to pass through the Red Sea. There must be a passing through if you're going to be, if you always stay in that same predicament. Y- y'all still, so, so it's, first of all, I- I'm going to go again. You got to cry out. Right? Then you have to pronounce and speak against the thing. Your words are powerful. I had to, certainly I had to kill in the name of Jesus. Then you start attacking and resisting the thing. As much as it fights you, you need to fight it back. Hello? Amen. And then you need to flee. Flee from the environment. Flee from the company. Hear me? We we proclaim deliverance. Do you want deliverance or... Or, you know, I'm telling you what, I'm sorry. I think it's, I had a, when I, when I first came to the Lord, I had some really close friends, real close friends. Now, if I called them, we can talk and, hey, it's good to hear from you and all that. But I don't hang with them anymore. Why? Because pretty much we don't have anything in common. And I would be really uncomfortable. Amen. And if they that much of your friends, invite them to life. Invite them to flee Egypt. Do you, oh, do you know that it wasn't just the uh, Israelites that left Egypt? The Israelites took some Egyptians with them. Some Egyptians realized, hey, it's not good here. I want to go where you're going. I've seen your God work. I've seen the plagues. I'm going to follow that God. So if they're not willing to go where you're going, you leave them behind. And then you got to pass through the Red Sea. There must be a point where you pass through a dimension or pass through something. And, and let hear me, hear me. If you, I'm going to say this to some of you. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ as soon as you can. Why? Because when you're passing from one place of bondage of Egypt to another, the Bible says the Red Sea is a symbolic of baptism. And you need to, and baptism is a, a sense of being born again. So when you're passing through the Red Sea, guess what's going to happen? The thing that had you bound is going to be swallowed up. And some of you, you try to flee, but you hadn't passed through yet. You saw the Red Sea and you said, no, I can't get over this. This is too much. I, I don't see a way of escape. You got to just, the same way you spoke to uh, Pharaoh, you got to speak to the sea. And they pass through. Everybody say pass through. If you're going to be delivered. There must be a point that you pass through some things. It's it's through because you're leaving some things behind. 
And if you don't get to a place that once you flee, that you pass through some things and you actually see some things die. I pray to some people, I pray that you take away that desire. And that thing that had me bound, I, and the Bible says it's pleasure and sin. And it, 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 it's not like God took away that, that thing that made me feel good. That was, I still had those think, thoughts. From the, age of 20, from the age of 12 to the age of 25, you know, it, that, you know that feeling that I had, when I, that's not just going to go away. It's not the next day you're going, all right. Uh, no, chances are, you know what? You made a decision. You cried out. You spoke some things. Amen. You resisted. You, 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 you uh, begin to flee. But some things had to die. And some things died when I kept on progressing onward. And, and, some, and, and it took a while. I, and, and, but you know what? It happened. Next thing you know, I didn't have that desire. And I pray, I'm, I pray that for some people right now. You know what? I pray that they don't, uh, this thing doesn't make them feel good anymore. Make them feel horrible. So there's something that, that you keep doing it because of how it makes you feel. Sometimes it's anger because you feel like you're in control. And so you have, there has to be a passing through. Passing through. You must pass through some things. You can't keep going around and around. You, you must say, I've broken a barrier. Oh, hallelujah. So the next thing is, once you pass through, there must be an experience of cloud and of the fire. There must be an experience of the cloud and of the fire. In order for them to be delivered, they had a cloud of uh, a, a pillar of a cloud and of a fire that they followed. You see, if you don't have anything higher or more powerful than you are to follow, you're going to go right back. And the Bible tells us that the cloud and the fire represented the Holy Ghost. You see, hallelujah. See, after I got baptized, I didn't get the Holy Ghost right away. But once I got the Holy Ghost, I was baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. And let me tell you something. It was that that helped uh, uh, burn out the, the sensation and the desire to go back and want the other stuff. Because it was leading me in another direction. I'm telling you what. If you're going to be set free, if you're going to be set free from any bondage, you got to have a fire God in your life. And you got to follow the cloud. Do you understand that cloud led them? And it led them to places they didn't really want to go. I mean, it led them to the Red Sea. It led them to the wilderness. Now that, that you know, oh, sh- You know, sometimes when people, people are, are, are bound by certain things, you just want to take them and take them out into the woods and tie them to a tree.
30 days being tied up to the tree. By the time you get off of that tree, you delivered from whatever that thing was. You had to be delivered from being a tree hugger after that, but <laughs> you delivered from the other stuff. <laughs> Praise God. But you must maintain a fire, hear me now, in your life. You must maintain that cloud of God's presence in your life. You must be in a place that I can't do without it. I need it for my direction. I need it when I wake up in the morning. They had to have that to remain delivered. I'm hear me now because some people, what happens, they come to an altar and then they get what they feel delivered. But then they don't follow the cloud any longer. They don't have the fire leading them at night in a bad dark time. You see, at night, when, oh, when things, when all kinds of stuff happen, you don't have that fire, you don't have that light leading you. You don't have that covering. So you need a Holy Ghost experience. And you must, it's not just a one time. You have people come to the altar, they get, you know, get the crying, I mean, puddle of tears, bang, right there. <laughs> I've never felt anything like this before in my life. <gasps> yeah. And then guess what? You don't follow the cloud. You don't keep that fire and that light because you're not following that. Every day, every day, it was that God. It told him when to get up, when to pack up, when to move, which way to go, when to stay still, it became that guiding light. And if you don't have that in your life, you will go back. So some people got to that point. I see, I, I told you, Moses, we should have just gone back to Egypt and died in Egypt. We had a garlic and leeks and onions in Egypt. Then your mindset and start talking crazy. Well, I had it better in Egypt. No, you didn't because you was crying by reason of your bondage. And some people will go right back to it. The seed that they had it better. The enemy will convince you that you have it better. Simply because you're not following the light. I got three more. That was number seven. No, that was number six. Four more. After they passed through the Red Sea and they maintained that experiential cloud and fire. See, we talk about experience. We talk about it one time. I got experience with God. No, this is supposed to be a lifetime. After that, they had to cross over. The Bible says that when they were about to enter into that promise of being fully delivered, they had to cross over Jordan. So after you pass through and you're still being guided, there must be a place in a time where you cross over. You pass through the Red Sea, but you must cross over Jordan. The word Jordan actually means the descender. It, this thing, it flows so from the Mount Hermon all the way down to the Dead Sea. It flows so fast and rapid till it gets to the Dead Sea. And so it's called the descender. And you must cross over the descender, the thing that takes you down. 
You have to cross. And they became the children of Israel when they crossed over Jordan. It represented their deliverance. They were now on the other side. Hear me now. See, see, we want that, that little quick fix thing. Once we, and I'm, again, I'm not just talking about drugs and, 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 and substance. I'm talking about different things in your life. You get to a place that now you pass through, then there's going to be time because you're still letting God lead you. You're going to cross over. And once you cross over, there's no going back. I'm almost done. When they got over Jordan, there was a barrier. That barrier was the wall of Jericho. Even after you cross over, there's some barriers that still got to come down. Hear me now. Because it's not just about you getting from something it's about you getting to something it's not just about you getting from somewhere it's about you getting to somewhere god said i'm not only going to deliver you from egypt but i'm going to put you in the land of promise and so you have to have a destination to get to the reason why some of you go right back is because you get out of a thing and then you don't go to where you need to get to you have to have a destination in order to get to that destination, there's going to be a wall. There's going to be a, a, a barrier. And you're going to have to break through that barrier. You, some of you are saying, well, that's difficult. you got to find out what that barrier is. You'll know when you broke through a barrier, it's like, mm-mm. I, and, and when you break through that barrier, guess what? Now, so you can't hear me, hear me now. You, you get intimidated. So sometimes we see ourselves we're going in the right direction. We see this barrier, whatever, and we, we, we're in the right direction. To, but some of you, you've been, you felt like you were delivered from something, and things were going good. And then a month later, am I talking to anyone? Two months later, that thing creaked back up. You're like, oh, my gosh, I thought I was delivered. Now, you were on your way. Yeah, you, you, you were up to step six and step, but see, then you got to, again, whatever barrier, because you get to a certain place. Here we go again. Just like you spoke to your bondage, you have to speak to your barrier. And they began to praise and worship God, blow, and the barrier came down. And this is the thing. On the other side of the barrier, there were giants in the land. And next step is for them being delivered, they had to face some giants. There are some giants you're going to have to face, and you're being delivered. And see, they weren't even going to get to the barrier when they, they went to spy out the land. It took them so long. It, it, 40 years they, they, they stayed in the wilderness because they saw the giants beforehand. And when they saw the giants beforehand, they waited 40 years. And, and, and they waited 40 years to be delivered because they were afraid to go into the land because the giants were in the land. And the problem was this. You, you come out of Egypt. 
Guess what? The thing is not you coming out of Egypt, it's getting Egypt out of you. And so just getting out and proclaiming, I'm leaving, is one thing. Then you got to get it out of you. All the effects, all the mindset, all the mentality. You got to get that stuff out. And it took them 40 years again because they were still fearful of the enemy. After all God did, all those plagues and all that, kicked Pharaoh's butt. He's in the Red Sea, drowned, and blah, 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 blah. Right? Ain't worrying about that. And here we go. They had to wait because of that. And they killed and defeated. Uh, David wasn't the only one who fought against uh, the giants. Goliath had all kinds. He had brothers that were giants. I mean, you read about the children of Israel. They mean they were slaying some giants. Didn't matter how tall they were. They were killing some giants because God was on that side. Hey, if God before us, what or who can be against us? Last thing is they had to remain in the promise. They had to remain in the promised land. And once you begin to defeat those giants, step number 10 is to remain. Don't go back. Don't go back to former ways. Don't go back to former habits. You got to remain. And I don't care. I'm, I'm going to say it this way. And, and I'm closing with this. And I hope you, you, you hear this correctly. I'm not bound by, by drugs or anything like that. Not in the least bit. Matter of fact, when somebody's doing something, I, I can't stand smell. or I, I don't like any of that stuff. Uh, but I'm going to tell you like this. There are times... I'll I'll go to I'll I'll have dreams. And in my dream is I didn't get high. You can come. But somewhere like in my apartment or my house or somewhere in this dream, there's a stash somewhere. And 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 I'm and, and the police is coming and all that and I'm trying to hide it and I'm like saying to I'm saying to myself in my dream. But I know I'm I'm free. I don't have any drugs in my. I don't have anything. I'm totally free. I don't have you. You run a test on me. I haven't. But it, then this thing where the devil in my dream is beating me up because of what I used to. And he's trying to get in my dream to get me to associate with who I am now. Twenty eight years, twenty nine years and. Being a preacher 24 years, forget how long I've been a preacher. Being a preacher. And in my dreams, it'd be like, but if, if, if someone knew that I had these drugs and I'm supposed to be a preacher, and I, then I wake up and like, that's the dumbest dream in the world. Don't have any desire for it. None of that. I don't have any desire to go back. I never get so so bad, so low. I, you know, and, and you walk with God, you're gonna get, you know, you're gonna have uh, mountains and valleys. I, I've never gotten to a place bad times. You know, uh, if I had bad times with her or bad times in life in general, whatever case, I, I never decided. You know what? Or thought about, man, I'm gonna go get me a, a, a beer. 
Or I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go through. Or I'm going to go to this place or go to that place. That stuff never crossed my mind. My mind is set that, hey, I'm not going back. I'm going to remain. But you have to be careful that the enemy was put thoughts in your mind to try, oh, to, try to convince you that you're not delivered. And in each and every stage and every step that you're going to have the enemy that's going to put something in you. And you got to be convinced, you know what, I'm not going back. Now, there's something. Won't you stand? In everyone's life. So there's something in everyone's life. That you could probably be delivered from. Doesn't matter whether it's a big thing, small thing. Maybe it's a hidden thing no one else knows. Now, hopefully, you're still with me. Now, I just gave you one side of the instantaneous, but I also gave you the other. And hopefully, you don't let that discourage you. Like saying, whoa, that's too much. These things that happen, again, if God delivered one person from one thing, he can deliver anybody from anything. And those things can, can happen progressively so you see the last day that I was bound by anything no matter what that is I used to be I'm going to tell you I was bound by oppression I was bound by uh, hatred or unforgiveness I was bound by anger but one day I was delivered from that would no longer had me bound Is there anything the Lord has been talking to you about? Now, this is what we're going to do. It's only 12 o'clock. may seem like it's later, but it's not. Whatever that thing is, we're going to come here and start the process. Or maybe you already started. You're going to either proclaim some things, speak some things, resist or decide I'm going to walk away. Maybe you're in another state. Maybe you're in a place where you're fighting some giants. Tear down some barriers. But no matter where you are. Amen. The Bible says he's going to give you great deliverance. I'm talking about the diagnosis of deliverance. Once you begin to work your way down to the altar. God is talking to you about anything. It's only 12.05. Surely we have a few minutes to pray and talk Hallelujah. to him. It's a place where we instill faith, expectation. Come on, in Jesus' name, somebody get their mind made up. You know what? I'm going to follow the cloud, and I'm going to follow the fire. I'm going to flee. I'm going to pass through. Amen. I'm going to cross over Jordan. I'm going to break through some barriers. I'm going to defeat some giants in my life. Come on, no matter where you are, what steps you need to take, Come on, I believe God is talking to somebody. Why don't we respond? Come on, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You did not create me to worry. You did not create me to fear. You created me to worship.
best for me. I worship you because you're Jehovah Jireh. Oh, I bow down before the King of Kings. No more crying, no more complaining. I believe your word is true. Oh, Lord, you promised to never leave me. So this is what I'm gonna do. I will trust in you, Lord. I will trust in you, Lord. I will trust. I'm gonna trust in you, Lord. I'm gonna trust in you. Thank you, Jesus. 
Jesus, Jesus. 